How are you? Right, can you see me? I'm struggling a little bit today, to be honest, because um, I felt God telling me to be really gentle. That's why I've got a stool. So <laughs> this is for me to calm down, sit down. But the topic I'm speaking about gets me really excited. So I might jump up and start. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, try and bear with me. But the reason I felt God telling me to be gentle is because I think that just reflects his heart. He is really gentle with us and he loves us so much. And he's leading us on a journey and he's doing that really, really gently. So just please hear that message no matter how it comes across out of my mouth. Sorry about that. Um, so the subject I'm going to speak on today is... Um, oh, I'm up already. There we go. <laughs> I can't see you anyway sitting down. So... Um, the subject I'm speaking on today is powerful people. God wants us to be powerful. Did you know that? Um, God is building his church and he's working in us and he's making for himself a beautiful bride. It says um, all the way through the Bible, but particularly at the end in Revelation, that Jesus is coming back. He's coming back soon and he's coming for his bride. And there's going to be a massive wedding at the end of um, at the end of time when the devil's been defeated and we're going to celebrate this amazing union with God which is even closer than we've got now so we're looking forward to something even more amazing than we've got now and so this period now between now and then is like a preparation time for us um, it's like getting ready for your wedding day so you might be picking a dress and you might be exercising so you make sure you look amazing in your dress and you might be dieting and um, eating well and sleeping well because you know that's the best beauty treatment to get loads of sleep and um, and all that kind of stuff but because we're getting married to the king of kings um, you know the lord of all god almighty ruler of the universe um, he also wants to teach us about the kingdom and what it looks like to rule and to reign with with him what it looks like to um, to be a wife of God, and that's just—it's mind-blowing. I can't even believe what I'm saying as I'm saying it. But that's kind of the concept um, that we're going for, and and because of that, God is building amazing qualities inside us. Um, so I want us just to quickly look at um, what that means in terms of um, Proverbs 31. So I haven't really got time to unpack a lot of Bible verses, I'm afraid today. But please do go away and look them up. But Proverbs 31 talks about the ideal wife, and the ideal wife, it says, um, she's worth more than rubies. Her husband is full, has full confidence in her. And as I'm saying this, just have a think about the picture of the church, locally, globally, as somebody who God can have full confidence in. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And then it goes on about how she works really hard. She's not afraid of hard work. She, she extends her arms to the poor and to the needy. She looks after her family. Um, she's clothed in strength and dignity. She can laugh at days to come. She speaks with wisdom. And it says that um, she watches over the affairs of her household and doesn't eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praises her. And it's just this amazing... Um, amazing sense of just somebody who's really capable, really confident, um, really loves people, really knows who they are and knows what their role and their function is. And I feel like that's what God really is building into us. Um, so it's a bit of a kind of mini series that I'm starting, I'm hoping to start, but God wants us powerful and it's going to be called Powerful People. 
So I've just got three areas today that I want to talk about um, to do with powerful people. Powerful people are, and I felt like God wants to unpack these three things today. So the first one is powerful people are rooted and established in love. So we had a really, really lovely time of worship just now. And I love that last song, we're safe in the arms of the Father. And that's the first place God wants us to be found, is to be found in him, to be found in his arms, to be found in his love. Um, So Ephesians 3.17 says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So, And then um, we've got John 15 as well, which talks about the vine and the branches, and it says, You're already chosen. Um, It says, Remain in me, and as I... Um, remain in the Father, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you remain in my love. Um, And God's just, as a constant reminder, just remain in me, remain in me. I love that phrase, I don't know if you've heard it, but we we are living and we are found in Christ. We're not found in crisis. So just keep remaining in him. Um, That's the first place we're meant to be. And Um, I love as well a quote from Phil Wilsey, which says, powerful people are intoxicated by the deep, deep affections of God. And um, he's talking about the church, and he says, a church that's intoxicated with the deep affections of God will be one that cannot help but change society around them and release God's prophetic purposes to every corner of the globe. Love has always been the most persuasive motivator in the universe because at the heart of that universe is a God who is love itself. So we are most fully ourselves when we're found in love. And then when we're most fully ourselves, um, we can also then um, display what God wants to display with his love. So God loves the world, obviously, John 3:16. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. When we're so fully in love with him, we love what he loves. And we just can't help but just love the world and love the people around us. So the other thing God um, said for me to do is in between each point, we're going to have a little pause and we're going to have a little reflection. And it's just time to think about um, the stuff that God has just spoken about. So the first one's coming up now. So feel free to join in or not to join in, but I do recommend that you have a go if you feel up to it. Um, We are just going to play a video in a minute and it's not necessarily for you to look at, it's to listen to more than to look at. And it's Um, the song Turn Your Eyes Towards Jesus. It's a very old hymn, I think. Um, And the picture that God's been speaking to me a lot about recently is being found in him, being found in his love, is quite often when we say, okay, let's pray, what's the first thing we do? Okay, I'm going to say, let's pray. What do you want to (laughs) do? That's what Julie does. Um, When I say let's pray, quite often we'll bow our heads, don't we? And we're quite often looking then at the ground. And it's a good, it's a sign of humility, which is really good. And we're coming before God. But we're also looking at the ground as just looking at dirt, in my opinion. And you're looking at your problems and, you know, horrible things. So God's just been teaching me to lift my head and just look at him, look up. So we're going to try that with this song. So you can obviously keep your eyes open or keep your eyes shut. But I'm just going to encourage you that through this next song, just look up, either in your mind's eye or in your actual eye, and just um, try and look at God and just see what difference that makes as you just try and soak in his love for the next few minutes. <laughs> 
Okay, I think I'm just going to move on. <laughs> Sorry? I'm not singing. Thank you, though. Um, but did you have a chance to turn your eyes toward Jesus? How did it feel? Any feedback? Oh, it's too late now. Sorry, we've moved on. Um, any feedback? How did it feel? Feel better now, yeah? Different? Yeah, any more? I always instantly feel lighter. I instantly feel like I, I can feel God's face shining on me, his love shining on me, just like basking in the sun, and it's beautiful. Anyway, keep practicing that at home. You can put the CD on when you get home and have a listen, a YouTube clip. Um, Right, second thing is powerful people know that the season they're living in, and I just felt this was a word that I felt God wanted to bring today. Powerful people know the season they're living in, and they thrive in it. So there's lots of verses in the Bible about um, seasons. I've highlighted four. Ecclesiastes 3, Luke 21, 2 Timothy 4, and Jeremiah 8. Um, again, haven't got time to read them, but if you do read them, all of them say the same thing. You've got to know the season that you're in. God has put you in seasons, and he's got a purpose and a plan for that season. But it's really important that you understand what that season is. Um, so we pay attention to God and always look for what he's doing and what our part in it is. So I think last week Gordon was talking about um, God's plans and purposes for us and, his, and destiny. And he was talking about that being caught up with the greater picture of um, what he's doing globally and what he's doing in building up the bride of Christ and getting, getting us ready for the future and what he's doing in the kingdom. So um, it's within that bigger picture, there's also seasons. So there's seasons that God takes the church through and there's also seasons that God takes us through as individuals as well. So what works in one season won't work in another season. So if we, for example, um, need our um, wellies and our raincoats and our, or our winter coats um, on a winter's day, that won't work if you go to Thailand. It's, it's going to be too hot. So um, it's, again, if you're in a season of, of rest, like it's a season of winter, for example, where you're not doing any work at all, you're just resting, um, but you're trying to um, sow some seeds, the ground's too hard, or you're trying to reap a harvest, you can't because you haven't, haven't been through the cycle yet. So it's um, reason, really important that we know the season that we're in. Um, so I just want to ask, I want you now to just spend another couple of minutes just asking God, what season am I currently in? So it could be a season of sitting, resting, listening, doing, reaping, harvesting, being, um, letting go of stuff, taking charge of stuff. could be a season of war or a season of peace. So I just want you to take a few more minutes. I'll give you one minute just to quieten your heart. You can look up again if you want to, if that helps you connect to God, and just let him speak to you. Okay, and when you've heard from God, I want you to ask him another question. Ask him... What are you building into me in this season? And then every season has got 
its difficulties and its challenges, and every season has also got its rewards and its pleasures. But I just want you to ask God, what is my point of rest in this season? So a point of rest is just a place of rest for you. So it could be a season where you're harvesting, where you're working really hard, where you're sowing seeds all the time. But in every season, there is a point of rest. There's a place of rest for you. And ask God what that is in this season. that'll do for now so hold on to that we're going to kind of cover seasons a bit more hopefully as we go but um so two things so far powerful people are rooted and established in love powerful people know the season they're in and they can thrive in it and the third one i felt god saying was powerful people have hope no matter what and it's a word i felt like god speaking to the church at the moment about um our season that we're in at the moment of knowing who we are as hope church hope carriers Um, God's building hope into us. He's teaching us what it means to have hope and to carry hope. And he wants us to be really good at displaying that to others. So I've asked Linda to come and share. Are you able to come, Linda? Because she's got a word as well about what God's doing in this season in Hope Church. Um, A little while ago, I was praying with some people about um, the building. And it was quite clear that there was a lot of restoration involved in that. And so we've had people dig deeper into the foundations, get rid of rubbish, and um, plans for extensions and doing new things in there. We want it fit for purpose. We don't want six months down the line after we start people coming in to find that there's issues and problems. And what God showed me at that time was that he wants to do a restoration work within us, his living church as well. So he's going to be revealing things to us. He's going to be digging deeper into our foundations to make sure that our foundation in Christ is rock solid. And he's going to, by his grace and his mercy, show us those things that need strengthening. Um, Because we're going into a period of time where it's a bit of a spiritual battle, guys. We're taking ground from the enemy We're taking it for the kingdom of God. And he needs us to be strong warriors in those areas. So listen to him. Keep your hearts open. He'll show you these things. But he wants you to go through those things, to win those battles. Because when we win those battles, we'll be able to stand on that solid ground and then share that with other people that come in in the future. He doesn't want us to crack and go through difficulties at that time. He wants us strong to minister to other people that are going to come in to us and seek God in the future. Thank you. I think that deserves a round of applause. That was amazing. I'm so excited about what God's doing. I think the thing I love about Linda, the reason I wanted her to share was because when she shares what God's doing, and even though it involves horrible stuff and pain and taking stuff apart and rebuilding, and that's all a really painful process, 
she gets so excited about it because she can see what God's doing and because she can see what's to come. So actually having hope is being really excited about knowing that there's good to come. So I've very kindly done you a little quote and I've summarized um, hope for you. And um, I've done this so that you can tweet it. And no, I'm joking. Um, so that you can put it on your mirror every morning and so that you can read it. And it's in one sentence, really simple. Um, you can pray over it. You can pray over it for yourself. You can pray over it for our church. You can pray over it for our city. Let's just really see God investing hope into us. Let's see us growing in this, in this way. Let's see us growing as powerful people who know how to hope. So hope, in my definition, is being able to celebrate with confident expectation that God is good and that good is coming. So I've borrowed loads and loads of Bible verses and kind of summarized them all into this one statement. God is good. We can depend on his character. We can depend on his greatness. We can depend on his promises that he will restore all things. That we will not only see that in the end age, but we'll also see it in this age it says that he has promised that we will see his goodness in the land of the living. He's promised never to leave us or to forsake us. He's promised to work out all things for our good. And that's not just for the good of everyone, but it's for the good of those who love him and trust him and submit their lives to him. He's promised that every single thing he will redeem, he will turn out for good. We can hold on to those promises and they give us hope. Um, Matthew 28, one of the last things he says was, surely I will be with you till the very end of the age. He's promised never to leave us. So whatever season we're in, whatever that looks like, God is always with us. So whether I'm going to take you to the desert now um, in whatever it is, BC, Numbers 14, where the Israelites are marching around the desert and they're just about to, they've just come up to the borders of the promised land. Um, and so God's season for them, God's presence with them in that season was pillars of fire and um, his provision for them was manna in the desert. When they crossed over to the desert, um, to the promised land, that changed. They couldn't look for God in the same way. They couldn't expect him to be the same as he was in the desert. So his presence with them was in the temple and the tabernacle. It was in everyday life. His, um, and his provision for them was milk and honey and streams and trees and a beautiful land. But they had to now work for it, whereas before he was providing everything for them. So again, about seasons, just look for what God's doing in that season. Look for his presence. Look for his, um, his, the manifestation of knowing that he's with you. It's going to look different in every season. And also look for his provision in every season. And that gives us hope. Um, so, all right. So the thing is, when they got to the desert, when they got to the border of the promised land, um, the thing between them and the promised land were giants. So I don't know. This is probably not going to work because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it okay, well, first two rows. Can you stand up, please? Okay, so pretend I am an Israelite and I'm in the desert. Pretend the first two rows are giants, and behind that is the promised land. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so behind that is the promised land. So I've been wandering around in the desert. I've never seen the promised land. I don't know what it looks like. I've got kind of glimpses of it, but I can't really see it. I, don't, I know that God's promised me something good there, but I don't actually know what it's like. But in between me and that, all I can see are the giants. So in between, <laughs> in between you and the thing that you're hoping for, there's always going to be a battle. There's always going to be something that you need to push through and that you need to work through to get to the other side. Oh, I'm sorry, I've got loads that I can unpack with this. I don't know how to do it. Right. So the first thing is, if the vision is from God, we're going to check that in a minute. God, what's the thing I'm hoping for? And is this from you? If it's from God, it's going to be too big for you. It's going to be outside of your resources. So there's no way on my own I can make my way through all these people to get to the promised land. So I need supernatural resources from God, or I need friends, or I need both to help me get through. So the other thing, um, the other thing I need is I need a supernatural strategy. So I need to ask God, how do I get from here to there? I can't do this on my own. What do I need? Because um, we were talking about seasons. God's strategy is going to be different in every season, but it's also going to be different almost in every circumstance, in every situation. Um, do you guys want to sit down? You've been very good. Thank you. Um, yes. Yeah, that's good as well. So I could choose to stay in the desert because I'm intimidated by the giants. Sorry? <laughs> I could, because I don't know what's on the other side. I don't necessarily know that good is coming. So I've got a choice to trust. Actually, God's got promises for me, and I know that good is coming, and I think it's worth pushing through this. Or I can choose to stay in the desert. Numbers 14, they chose to stay in the desert. They chose not to fight the battle. 40 years later, I think it was. Was it 80 years later? 40 years? I think 40. 40 years later, they chose to, um, they chose to fight. And that time, they did ask God for strategy, and they did fight. I just wanted to give you some examples about different strategies in the Bible. So sometimes, strategy would look like just worship, pray, and trust, like the walls of Jericho. Sometimes, it looks like stand fight and confront, like David and Goliath. Sometimes it looks like a prophetic act, like Gideon. All he had to do was smash some lamps, and then the army was terrified and dispersed. Sometimes um, it looks like a peaceful resistance, like Daniel. He's just such an amazing man who just stood by really, really corrupt kings and served them well, served God well, and just that he had his boundaries. It was a peaceful resistance. I'm going to serve God no matter what, whatever else goes on. And, and he saw amazing breakthrough in his situation. And sometimes it looks like words of wisdom, like Abigail in the Bible, who um, just a couple of sentences, as far as I could read in the Bible, changed the course of history in her nation, um, stopped a war, and brought peace, which is amazing. But again, it's just asking God, what's your strategy in this situation? Is it just to watch and pray and trust you, or do I need to do something about this? 
So I'll just finish this off and I want to move into a response time if our videos work. Let's see. So powerful people know um, that they can keep their eyes on God and on the promised land and not on the giants. They can see the giants, but that's not where their focus is. Powerful people know that they can ask God for strategy. They know that the journey will be too big for them, but they also know that it will be worth it. So hard things to go through that are worth the effort. I've thought of two examples. One, labor, although I never want to go through it again. But (laughs) I do like what was produced. And the other thing was the cross. Jesus went through horrible, horrible things. And he endured the cross and he scorned its shame to win the prize, which is you, to win the prize, which is his bride, which he's going to be united with finally at the end of time. So even Jesus knows that hard things are worth going through to get to the promise, to get through to the other side. And the other thing, powerful people always know that God's with them, whatever that looks like in any season. And um, they always know that the thing they're going through will pass. It's not going to last forever. So as um, a response time, just now, I've got another song for us to hopefully listen to. And if you want to, to stand up and to worship too, I think it would be good to um, declare before God. It's, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. So I think we'll stand and sing that in a minute. But before we do, let's just take a minute to ask God. um, Let's have that thing before us of that thing that we hope for. So I want you to, to, each of you, just think of one thing that you hope for just now. And I want you to take it to God, and we're going to ask him what he thinks about it. Okay, so you have that one thing that you hope for in your mind. And I just want you to ask God, is this from you? And I want you to ask God, what are the giants that are standing in my way? going to ask God for the strategy. It might not come all at once. It might develop over time, but I'm going to ask him anyway. God, please give us the strategy um, to overcome these giants. God, I thank you, God, for the vision that you've given us, Lord, for things that we can hope for, things that we can be certain of, Lord. Thank you, God, that you want good things for us. Thank you, God, that you want to redeem good, um, bad things and turn them into good things. Thank you that you want to make the world beautiful, that you want to make us beautiful, Lord. Sorry, God, if we've tried to do this on our own and we've tried to fight battles and push through on our own without trusting in you, without asking you for strategy. God, we just submit our hopes and our dreams to you, God. Thank you, God, that they're your hopes and dreams too. And thank you, God, that you have got the strategy and that you're going to lead us through from the desert to the promised land.
the last thing that powerful people can do is that we can celebrate the victory that's coming because we're so sure that good's coming. We're so sure that God's going to redeem a situation. Before we even get that, before we even see what the end looks like. Remember, I had no idea what the promised land looks like from this vantage point, but I knew it's good and I knew it's there. Before I even get there, I can start to celebrate that God's got something good for me, but I don't know what it looks like yet. So shall we stand and sing together? God, I look to you. Yay! your chance to celebrate the victory that's coming.
Jesus reigns, Jesus reigns. He is our strength, He is our zeal. He has won it, He has accomplished it on our behalf. So we sing hallelujah, hallelujah. He has won sing hallelujah. And you that um, if you had nothing to hope for just then, I'm really sorry for you, but um, you might need these tools later, so just keep hold of them, and you might need them for yourself, you might need them for other people. There are people without hope, and part of what God's doing is that he's equipping us to help other people who don't have hope. So just get really, really good at this stuff. Go to small groups if you can this week, and um, just talk through this stuff, and start pressing through, and let's see some victory in the stuff that we're hoping for. We're going to have communion now, I think. Um, so while we do that, I'm going to play another song for you. Um, so please help yourself. Um, if there's anyone that you want to pray with during communion, or if there's anyone you feel you want to pray for, then please do. Um, and let's just enjoy God a bit longer.